the movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Three Bears a Movie. I am Richard Laird. I'm with Aggie Neal and we're once again at The Raven. This is the first time I've been here for about, let me check my notes, two weeks. Two weeks. So 15 days actually. Oh. So, well, one of us did take a vacation away to London. So. One of us did, yeah. Uh, a very unsuccessful trip away to London actually. Um, but. Fun times there, but mainly, unfortunately, it didn't really work out well. And Colin's always been busy as well, he's moving house, you've been a busy man as well. And also, there's fuck all out the last couple of weeks, so there's actually very little to talk about, so unfortunately, we had to miss a week, but we're back. Yes. We're looking to talk about some films again. Colin's not here because he's again genuinely fixing a Russian bug problem this time because uh. our company has been hacked today. So I'm not going to tell you who I work for, but the website has been hacked and it was linking to Pornhub <laughs> rather than linking to the way it's meant to link to. So it's not the worst website. No, to. there's worse to be going to. Um, so, <laughs> so Colin is very, very busy right now. Um, Barry, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Cold Town beer because let's go on this number 53 is going to be the hottest episode of yeah because it is years. if anyone who's in Glasgow right now or even in Britain right now it is absolutely goddamn stifling right oh, now 20, it is 29 easy yeah. it, it, and it just feels warm like and it's not built for us we're not built for this heat <laughs> we are not oh, built for it at no. all I just sitting across from a guy who has sunglass tan lines <laughs> yeah. at the side of his head Red, I am about at least three stone heavier than I should be for this weather so I am not feeling it right now so <laughs> I am drinking. Yeah, sorry, uh, Richard, what are you I am drinking um, Photon IPA from Alchemy. Alchemy, I think they call it from Edinburgh. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. I think I've had them before. I had them back in like, the very first episode of, of, um, wow. of the podcast, but they're back. I like it. and It's lovely. Is this just fresh back into the Raven? I think so. Yeah. Not, they, they seem to rotate quite often. The Raven. Okay. They do seem to rotate almost on a weekly basis. So nice. every day, come in, it's a wee like Ooh, what do we have today. Um, so this is what I'm having now. So it's, it's very nice. Excellent. Like I said, once you get back to the Raven, I'm going to talk about some movies. Um, any non-cinema viewing, Barry, you want to talk about? No, it's been a very busy week. Very week for yourself. On the work side of things, so I'm generally just making the most of being off as well, and sunny weather. Yeah. So, it's been a lot of outdoor activities. There's one, well, you're more active than me, because I am not a fan of outdoor activities. I have been watching movies. Yeah, that's the way I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll run through a couple points. One I think you want to watch is one called Andre the Giant. Yes, I tried to find that and just... I couldn't find it anywhere. It's a documentary. It's on. Um, it was on HBO. So yes. if you've got Sky Atlantic, yeah, you can get it on oh, Sky Atlantic. So okay. download it from that. Okay. Um, as you imagine, it's called Under the Giant. It's about the wrestler Under the Giant, and it's just basically his life story, going from the young boy in uh, France up to when he unfortunately passed away. Relatively young, he was like yeah. mid forties, wasn't he? Like forty five, forty six. He had that uh, gigantism type yes. thing, yeah. 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 Um, and it shows you like his wrestling career. Obviously, he was like the biggest thing in wrestling, the biggest thing I've ever seen in your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, like the one the movies they've done, like um, Princess Bride and all that kind of stuff. Really, quite a touching documentary. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Because um, some of the guy says it in the documentary says if, if Andre lived, say a hundred years prior. They've been telling like sort of myths and stories about him. He'd been one of the guys like of legend. Yeah, of course. You know, he'd been living in the forest and he'd, be, he'd killed dragons or something. You know, or two hundred years before that, he'd probably been killing him for being like for eating children in the in the neighbourhood or something. Like, you know, because he lived in a time where there was coverage of him, there was cameras, people got to see who this guy was, and he is. And you see this, you see him how big he was. He's like seven foot four, like four hundred pounds. He is literally the biggest thing you can possibly imagine. That's why it was such a pop when Hulk Hogan finally managed to slam him. But you know, they get stood in behind all that, like like Andre was injured at that point yeah, so he was like, yeah. really badly injured and yeah, like basically Andre insisted that this happened it's like kind of passing the torch type thing yeah. um, but no it's again really heartwarming really lovely documentary so you can kind of into his personal life a little bit um, he also had demons being quite a big fan of the drink as well 
Um, but yeah, yeah. those are massive about them, being able to drink like a crazy amount of pints. 120 cans in one city, one drunk. Wow. His minimum after a wrestling match was 24. Wow. That was his minimum, that, that was his expected, like after that you used to cool down, he wanted 120. <laughs> He was drinking beer by uh, wine by the case, not the bottle by the case. <laughs> and he just like and the thing is people said he had to have a, when he was in New York at one point he fell over in the hotel and he went down the next one he was still there because no one could move him. Yeah, How yeah. do you move a guy who like is four hundred pounds? And he had basically had a minder out of him at all times after that who basically had to keep him from falling on someone because if he fell on someone he would kill them. <laughs> so the guy's only job was to make sure no he did as long as he did fall over because he was drunk, he did not land on some poor unfortunate bastard who was just walking by. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really really Sweet, lovely documentary, and I really liked it. Um, so it's really, definitely worth a watch. Cool. You can find it on HBO, it's Atlantic. You're a big fan of wrestling, you'll yeah. really enjoy it. Do you know is uh, the WWE fights it in any way? Yes, they are. It's a oh. WWE production. Do you get um, who's the guy who runs it? Vince McMahon? Yes, yeah. You see him in it? Good. Another thing I think, like, did the, the day. Did they exploit him to know how much it exploits, how much is him wanting to do it? There's a sort of element of that to it as well. There's like a darker side to it as well. You're, you always find with the WWE, they're not shy from um, not painting themselves in a really bad light, but they're not shy from like talking about maybe, like you said, tell the darker history of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. They do. If they don't totally shy away from they do mention it, and there is sort of something there you can see. I remember the last one they done, but it, oh, it was the Ric Flair one right. as well. It had the WWE tie-in as well, and it was a really good one. Like all these people were sitting talking about them and all that. And it's just they're always really good. Well, they're well more, done, yeah. The more cast somber documentaries are always really well done. Absolutely. You know? I, I remember watching the one, the Jake the Snake one. Yeah, it yeah. Was very good as well. They didn't again try with the fact that you know how that kind of almost ruined him potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough life. It's like two hundred and. Oh, they're only 350, like 340 odd days yeah. a year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a constant working life, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. Like it's, it's a work ethic installed on you, but if you don't commit to that, then you're finished. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, Andre Giant, I'd give it 7 out of 10. Ooh, if you're a wrestling fan, you'd give it higher than that. I really enjoyed it. Sure. Um, all I want to watch was something called Please Stand By. Okay. Which is Dakota Fanning and Tony Collette. It's a film, Dakota Fanning's like an, artist, or an autistic girl who loves Star Trek. And there's a Star Trek competition running where you can write an episode, she writes an episode and you've got to try and get it across country deliver it to them. Yeah. And you sort of seen her sort of like evolving as a person going remember for example going across country when she's sort of very trusting because she got because she has autism, she's if so you tell her something she believes it off she doesn't question it. Okay. If you say I'm gonna help you, she won't go, No you're not. You know, she she thinks you'll help me and if you exploit her, she'll still think of trying to help her. And you try to see how this girl this girl develop and like, live a life and sort of try to understand who she is in the world. And the people who are in her life, like her, her sister and her carer, see that she's not a complete simpleton, she she can hold herself and hold her own. And it's a really, really sweet, lovely coming of age little road trip story. Um, it's on Sky Movies. I watched uh, it. Watched it. Um, Dakota Fanning is excellent in it. Tony Collette's excellent in it as well. Um, it's a really nice, lovely, well done film. If you like something like um, Little Miss Sunshine, uh-huh, of course. Um, or even what's one we saw recently, Ladybird. Yes, yeah. It's very much in that vein. Oh, and nice. I really, very, really lovely film. Cool. Very nice film. So I watched that one. Um, the other one I watched was Late Rounders, which is a sports documentary all about. Um, so all the guys who get taken like in the final round of the NFL draft. So everyone was the guys who get taken in the first first five pet races, but yeah. there's literally four hundred players drafted every year. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really know what happens to the guys who get drafted late. You know the guys who get drafted although, or miss the draft or what find then find a team, you know, is that the dream ended? You know, is that what's what are you gonna do with life? Because yeah. all they've known up until that point in life was 
football. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really interesting to see how, how this Because it is, it's like, it is really cut through oh, yeah, the way oh, they yeah. do it, with like the, uh, the draft uh-huh. and how they have to do like these kind of like, physical tests and yeah, all that. Yeah. And then it just it whittles down. And like you said, it's like they got best players all get picked up first and then it whittles down. So uh-huh. to be honest, that actually sounds very intriguing it's about great. what I, happened. I enjoyed it. They probably could have done a little bit more with it, but I enjoyed what it showed it. And it also gives you an idea of like, so little, like little tiny things can knock you off the podium, you know, it's like you're like someone at the high school says, oh by the way, when he was in high school he used to like a drink and you go to be friends once every month and you go, well we clearly a troublemaker at that point, you go, well he's probably not, but that's what they, that's what they perceive, yeah. they, probably don't, they don't draft him, or they draft him 150 for all in the top 10 would be the massive difference on this guy's career because it affects how much money he can make and all that kind of stuff. So, really interesting look at, at sport, like modern sports, you know, yeah, what, yeah. What, what this all means to people. Um, like I said, it, it, it covers like basically follows four people. Um, it probably could have been a bit more focused, you know, maybe focus on two of them rather yeah. than four of them. But um, what's interesting about it as well is you, if you're following a company, like a sports agency, yeah. who are trying to get a guy, because they, they've been going for three years and they've got these four guys on, they've had guys on their, their book for a while, and they've never got some guy get picked up by the NFL, and they know they need to get a guy picked up by the NFL, otherwise they won't make enough money to survive into another, another year. So you get the, the agents are desperate to get these guys picked up, the players are definitely picked up, the families are desperate as well, so it's just, it's just everyone, it's just pure desperation out of this, and even getting picked up is not a guarantee, you may get cut from the squad or something like that, you know, so I it's jumped within the first few games of the season. Even, even in training sometimes, when I can happen, you know, so it's just a really interesting look at, like, of, of what pro sports is. Yeah. Um, it's on, I saw on Amazon, the Amazon, have we looked for it? Nice, nice. Yeah, called Light Rounders, really interesting, really worth watching. Cool. Um, oh, two things I watched was TV shows, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Supergirl Season 3. Ooh, nice. Both very passable, very enjoyable, very fun seasons. If you like them, what you've done before, if you like what you've done now. Um, but, but if you've not seen them before, probably I'll go back and look at them. They're both excellently well done. Like sort of sequential television, you know, sort of both come out in a slightly odd angle. Supergirl as well, but it's a slightly different angle you would expect a, yeah, yeah. a comic book show to come at. You know, coming from a female point of view is obviously a big thing as well. Because his girlfriend comes with sort of mental health from the position of the person who is mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And the post everyone, everyone's sort of seen, you've seen her through everyone else's eyes, you've seen her through her own eyes to a great degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so really, both really interesting shows, you get a chance to watch them. Yep. Maybe not in this weather because you like outside doing stuff, but <laughs> keep it on your, your list for, for that thing. Yeah, definitely worth watching though. Um, I do remember, I did actually watch something at the tail end of last week. It's nothing really major to talk about, but I think it'd be worth a watch. I think you get a wee kick out of it. It's a 12 minute uh, mini documentary. Long shot. No, no. No, not long shot. Okay. Uh, on Vimeo, and it's called Big Elvis. Oh, okay. And it's all about a fella who. He, he's in Vegas, and he does an Elvis act. Right, okay. But he genuinely sounds like Elvis. Right, okay, okay. And his mum on her deathbed like opened up to him and said to him like I had a one night stand with Elvis mm. and then he got a DNA test and it came back positive so he caught Elvis could, could be because he wanted to get a thorough test done but yeah. the Elvis like estate uh, yeah. uh, wouldn't allow allow him to like take DNA right. from something else um, so only got, there's only one confirmed like um, what's the word uh, sibling sibling like you said Miss Maria isn't it yeah, yeah. Miss Maria no, it's uh, oh, what's her name? I think it's Marie. One of my, she's not my Nick Cage. Could be. Ah, it's Marie Presley. She's the only sort yeah, of like yeah, yeah. 
the one who's like sort of direct. Reckon, I recognise it. I was the only heir to his sort yeah. of money and throne. Yeah. Well, but then he kind of started like he, he is a big lad from the get go. Right. But then like through the course of time, he started uh, embracing the way if all were saying like, oh, it's part of your act and all that. Uh-huh. You should get like you should become like bigger and all yeah. that, you know. And then at one point he weighed. Uh, like half a ton or something. Yeah, well, that's like, insane. He used to walk into the back of like the post office through the back door, like the service door, uh-huh. to weigh himself on the like like commercial scales and all Fuck that. Hell. You know, and he and he had like he, he always wore the big jumpsuits. Oh, yeah. He had like these massive jumpsuits and all that. Then he started. Then he lost a wee bit of weight, obviously, because if he didn't, he was leaving. Die, yeah, yeah. But see, you hear him singing through the course of this documentary, and listening to him, you're like, wow. Yeah, it's pitch perfect. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And he does have a kind of just a kind of look about him. Right. Not like in a kind of tacky Vegas Elvis way, right. but he kind of does. You know. Really Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Highly recommend it. I'll link it to you. It's, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's called Big Elvis, and it's on Vimeo. It's just a wee. It's like eight or twelve minutes. I mean, okay. it's just a wee shot, but it's really kind of something that they maybe made. They've made it as a sort of a shot to maybe hope to try and maybe do more of it, maybe try and make it into a feature length talkaround. It could just seem like it should it, it could definitely open up more. It's definitely an interesting story. You know, oh, they, yeah. can, they can touch back in the backstory, but then quickly gallop through like kids and being a yeah. young adult and then picking up a guitar, yada yada yada. Oh wow! Like, I'm definitely yes. Like on, I would definitely watch that. Yeah, it's, I found it really enjoyable. Definitely watch that. Uh, but then we'll move on to the cinema portion. Yes. Uh, and you, as Met the Guard, have literally just finished with the first film. I have. You've literally and, came straight from it. And, I ran to the train, well, I drove to the train station and then ran onto the platform, quickly got my tickets, the train turned up, jumped off it and then ran round the corner to Cineworld in the city centre in Glasgow, got through it and then I didn't realise that Cineworld has a lot of buffer time before yeah, the start of the movie. There's 28 minutes between I, film start and uh, the actual film beginning. Because I was sitting there, you know how the script is. TV adverts, uh, trailers, yep. and then mini adverts after. And then it went to mini adverts, and I'm sitting there like clock watching going, I know I'm meeting yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, when does that start? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is an hour and 40 minutes trying on your help. Um, so the film we're talking about is Super Troopers, so 2. Committed. Yeah, the sequel. Yeah. Um, directed by Jade, I can't pronounce his name, Chandas Krasar, is that his name? That's his name, I think his name. <laughs> um, directed all the Broken Lizard stuff. Yes. Um, from Beer Fest, Puddle Cruiser, Slamming Salmon. Um, is there another one? I can't think of it. Super Troopers, obviously, the first one. Yeah. Uh, they also done Dukes of Hazard as well, the, the big budget one with um, Tom William Scott and Joy Northall, what do you say? Was it them two that were in it? I think so. And Jennifer, someone's Jessica Simpson. Ah, okay. That one, so he done that one as well. Um, the plot of this is very. I'm not going to get into it anymore. Essentially, is it what, what state are they in? Is it? It's a. It's not Michigan. It's not. Uh, it's New England somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Maine? Maine. They're in Maine, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so Maine. I found out that the marker that kept everything Maine from Canada was put in the wrong place. So essentially. The main became bigger, Canada became small, and they've inherited this small town. The, super, the troopers are, are tasked with basically policing this small town. While they sort out, while they renegotiate the borderline with Canada. To make it American. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the same time, there's a, maybe a possible drug 
smuggling operation going on at the same time, obviously. Um, starring um, all the Broken Lizard crew, who you, I can't remember all their names, but all, they're all in there. Yeah, all the original cast. Oh, in there, yeah. Um, Brian Cox turns up in it again as well, which is lovely to see. Um, Rob Lowe is in it as well, yeah, yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Linda Carter turns up again as the mayor. Um, so yeah, so really, is she the president actually? Is she the president? Is she mayor? Is she? I, I don't know what she is. Like, I think she's the president, but I'm not totally sure. Anyway, <laughs> she's in it as well. Um, Barry, what do you think of it? Oh, oh, what a delight. It is, it is a delightful film, isn't it? Uh, like how do you know how long it's been between the first one and this? It must be at least ten years. It's ten, been, twelve years. It it's must been be. a good chunk of change. Yeah. So they had everything to lose at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to do this again. Yeah. yeah. I, if I'm right in thinking, maybe you'll be able to confirm this. Was it fan funded? I think yes, it was. It made a massive amount of money on. I think maybe I think I say Kickstarter. Yeah, one of the. Yeah, it made a pages. huge amount of money. Made a massive amount of money like, to start to start it all off. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah. So right there then fans are putting their money into it so there's a bit of added pressure as well it's not just they've got funding from something else yes so you know 10 years give or take this movie had up had everything to lose and it delivered it, yeah I agree see the way just this is not a spoiler because this gets sorted out within the first 10 minutes oh. of it's when they're talking about what happened between the last yeah. uh, at the end of the first movie to what happened now yeah. that is by far yeah. one of the best ways to solve like to cover yeah it. also like that running joke of the have like who's a Hollywood star they have they keep, they keep referencing like oh, we don't want anything like the ex like the, the ex actor incident is like oh no shit we don't want that again it's like constantly they keep referring to it, I think oh they're going to what the fuck happened to this thing? Like, what happened in this ride along? Um, it's quite possibly one of the best ways to bridge a gap. Yeah. And, uh, right there, then, I was like, I'm in. It had me giggling yep. um, all the way through it. Um, <laughs> but we said the plot is completely stupid. It, makes, it doesn't really matter what the plot is. The plot is just almost, it's, side, it's a side issue. Yeah. It is watching these guys do what they do very well. Yes. Um, it is a film I would say that is. I think it's on a par with the original, I enjoyed it as much oh, as the original. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, but I would say as well, if you're not a fan of the original, you're not going to like it. No, 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 100% because it has the same kind of theme and jokes. Yeah. To, they're not rehashing old jokes. Jokes, no. But it's the same level of humour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I'm not going to spoil it, but when, when uh, old uh, original cast appear just for wee cameos, I was, I was that, yeah. that I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, like, it's, it's hard to like, because it's hard to be. I liked it a lot, and it's hard to be any neck about because it's not had a big show here. It's not a bad show, more than I thought it would get to be honest. Yeah. It's still on after the second week. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a film again, I think will find its audience on like DVD and all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. that, that's where I found the first one. Yeah. I didn't, find, I didn't see the first one in the cinema. I saw it on, on DVD as well. Well, as we know, it's uh, in Glasgow. There's only one cinema showing it, and it's the cinema in the sixth centre. Yeah. So it kind of just goes to show. It's like for some reason, everyone just wants to plug uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Ocean's 8's out as well, as well. Ocean, uh, Infinity War still Infinity out, War, the that's Deadpool it. still out as well, so there's a few yeah. things still out, Star Wars is still out as well. So, you know, there's the big rodders that are getting a lot of the yeah. screen time, and you're like, just make space for this wee movie. It is, because I think it's pretty low impact, it doesn't really, didn't really cost that much to make, but what it does do, it does, it, it knows what it is, yeah. and it does what it does very well. Yes. Like, it goes like, it knows it's not trying to swing for the defense, it knows exactly how to entertain these people. Yes. It's got some genuinely quite clever jokes in it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like some of the one-liners 
one thing, and also some of the setup for some of the stuff is really clever. It's like going like you could have went for a very easy, simple joke, but you went for you but you pushed it a little bit further and you get a funnier joke out of it. Which that's the problem with most Hollywood comedy reads right now is like they go for the obvious simple joke, you go right that's nice, but we all saw that coming. Don't give me the what you saw coming, give me the sort of the, the, the extra push. I think it just comes from a group of good talented comedy writers, you know, who they know their stick, they're not trying to be anything out anything outside of that bubble. No, definitely not. And and it comes across. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Out of ten? Oh, easy. How many of it? Comfortable eight. Comfortable I'm gonna give it a seven. Wow. Same again, just I enjoyed it, I laughed the shit turned yeah. through it. Didn't really leave much impact after, but I think I will watch it again, again, again. Um, but you can't, you can't call there is there is serious plot issues in it throughout it. But ah. but they are, they, you do push them aside for most part. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is generally very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun. Definitely worth your time. Yep. Um, on the next movie, I think you've seen this one as well called Ocean's Eight. Yes. Directed by a guy called Gary Ross. Yes. Who directed a film called Pleasantville? Have you ever seen Pleasantville? Uh, I don't know. Reese Wellspoon, Jay Maguire. No, I haven't. Jay Maguire. Toby Maguire. Um, really, really, really lovely indie. Really, really good not indie film. It's, it's feels like an indie film. It's not an indie film. Um, the Hunger Games as well. The first Hunger Games. Okay. Um, the Free State of Jones as well. Uh huh. A good, really good Matthew McConaughey film was out last year. Um, the plot of this film is that Sandra Bullock, who is Danny Ocean's sister, yeah, on the first one, actually, Tony, in the first one, she's out of prison and she's planned a, a, a heist of basically this necklace that's on display from the Metropolitan art, um, like Fashion Show. That's, yes, yeah, that's, yeah the Met Gala. Met Gala, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, so she arranged, she, she gets a, a group of ladies together, yes. eight of them in fact, in order to rob this this is Met Gala. So you all, can with, all with varying skills. All with varying skills, yeah. So it's very, and on the same level as original 11, 12 and 13. Um, so you've got Senator Bullock always in the lead role, Kate Blanchett in it as well. You've got Anne Hathaway who's sort of like the mark, the other one she's trying to get a necklace off of. You've got Mindy Calling from the Mindy Show in The Office who's also in it. Uh, Rihanna, Hella Bonham Carter, Sarah Paulson, anybody else you know, recognise? There are two others, I can't remember their names though, but they are in it. Uh, no. It always like Afafina or something like that, like, like, like the comedian girl. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's her name? Pass. I don't know. Her name. She's in it. Yeah. And there's other person in it as well. Um, what do you think of this one? Uh, oh, that's not a good face. Uh, I just... This film, I just... It didn't need to happen. Alright, okay. We say it time and time again in this podcast. Let these movies go off and have their own names. Now, I get it. I get the counter-argument where folk will just be sitting there going, Oh, well, it's just like Ocean series. I get that. But this... It just comes with all the, the movies that have came before it. Yeah. But I do get it. It's the it's time. More, it's the more time. a marketing thing as well. If you can put oceans on it, then that and people know what it is instantly. They don't have to try and like tell you what it is to try and get your interest in films. So that's part of the reason why they do it. I get it. Yeah. I get both arguments. It just yeah. it breaks my heart that there's like a, a reimagining of an idea and it gets lumped in with. Right, okay, you can just bother. Um, I just feel it's like I can't. It's a movie that just doesn't really need to exist. All right. Um, like, I'm going to ask you a question, and it's, so we're going to go quiet for like two seconds okay. while I show you. We'll edit this out because this is like heavy spoiler. Okay. Like I'm not aware of no. Because I can't remember if that happened or not. No, but I didn't. When 
this is a spoiler bit, so that's why I'm not mentioning anything. But when she keeps on going to the place, I'm a bit like, I don't remember that happening. No, I think it's, I think it's something that's happened so, off camera. Yeah. Um, they do references through the film. Yeah. There's only one, there's only two people in the Ocean film who turn back up in this one. You get Elliot Gould turns back up in a wee, in a, a, a 10 second cameo. Yeah, yeah. And you also get someone else turns back up later on who has more of a thing to play. Apparently, was, was someone else filmed for a cameo, but they, they cut it out. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, so you, didn't, you didn't really enjoy it, like at all. I just found that a movie that just didn't really need to exist, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, what about um, Stacey, she like it? No. No, not at all? No, halfway through the movie she turned to me and went, this is pretty shit. And oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, the problem was... Wait a minute, last time you two went to a, 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 a really shit film, you end up asking to marry you. So, I mean, you, 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 where do you go from here, my man? I know, I know, that's that. That was it. I think yeah. after, like, I don't know, three years of interstellar. I think anyone deserves a marriage. <laughs> so, like, where do you go from here now? Like, like, like we're having a kid. That's what we're doing, yeah. <laughs> I've adopted a kid. Just like this, need to make up for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. No, no. Like, it was. But as always with these kind of movies and the original Ocean series with Jaws Clooney and all the rest of these Merry Men, there's a lot of contrivance with these kind of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is just, you know, you can handle one or two fluky things happening to get the job done, but this is relying on pretty much most of the universe bending to your favour to get the job done. You're like, there's just too much, like... The main one for me was when the woman gets the job and then ultimately ends up pretty much organising the gala. Yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. she's came into it so late and there's already a team on uh, it. No. Are you right? I mean, I found it very slick. I like I thought it looked really cool. It looked cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone looks awesome. Oh, of course. Everyone looks badass. Um, I thought everyone was in it who was good. Everyone was really good. I thought Anne Hathaway was awesome. Yeah. She seems really Anne Hathaway seems to be really enjoying being that role. Seems to like really play it up. She obviously I don't know if she's channeling someone she knows in a way, maybe she knows. Yeah. She doesn't really think as a diva type, but she's obviously going for that diva type that she really seems to enjoy playing that. I give you the motives and it are muddled. They do at the end of it try and like put in this idea of like a motive of why they were of, of why they were doing this. And that felt very underdeveloped throughout the whole film. So it's yeah. like a wee bit of start and you go, right, okay, something's obviously what happened there. Yeah, yeah. But then it paid off and you go like well, I didn't really I don't really see why she it needs to why she deserves to get the pay off of that, you know, it felt like it felt yeah. felt underused. If it maybe if it developed that a little bit more, Absolutely. you'd have felt like well, okay, that's a good payoff at the end of it. Yeah, it feels like ultimately just sort of it seems kind of vindictive for no reason, you know, you really know what's happened. Um and because I found the conclusion quite underwhelming because of that, I that really didn't really jive with me. Um, but honestly, I found it fun. I, I enjoyed it. Like I thought it was a fun heist caper. I would equate it to much of yourself. Did it need to happen? Probably not. Probably not the similar to Solo. And that, and its own merits, it's an alright film. Yes. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah. I probably liked it more than I like Solo, to be fair. But it just sort of, it just, it was what it was. It's a decent film. No one in it embarrassed himself. Everyone looked back and go with a good time doing it. Yep. Um, and everyone who watches it will have a good time watching it for the time they're watching it, but then probably will forget about it relatively quickly. They're not going to be like sort of hang on to it for a long time after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Will you give it a 10? I'm going low. Oh, low. I'm going middle of the road. Five. Five? I'll give it a seven. I enjoy- those bits I enjoyed. Mainly for Anne Hathaway. Mm. I thought she was really fun in it. The one person that did actually surprise me that didn't embarrass themselves in any sort of way. Rihanna. Rihanna. Rihanna's not in it, yeah. Yeah. She's done a few things in the past and she's not really been that great. I mean, this is, this is actually 
worked really well in this. Like, I just, I'm so character in the background, but I'm not there that you notice her. Yeah, you know. We found the role she should always be playing. She's not really an actress as such. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, there are ma- there are major plot points in it, like you said. There is a lot of contrivance to try and make things bend their will. But that's like the Ocean series in general. I'm not bashing this one. No. Not by any stretch. Almost of any heist film. Yes. Has to the point you go, why did someone just do this? Yeah. And that would have stopped it. You know, why did someone just check that and that would have stopped it? Yeah. You have to sort of almost disbelieve, you know, suspend disbelief for that for this point. Yeah. That, that point of film. But like I said, I thought they're really enjoyable, well done film. Slick as fuck, but really enjoyable. So worth a watch if you get a chance. Um, last film, you've not seen it, so I'll be kind of brief on this, but it is an interesting movie to say the least. Um, a film called Hereditary, which I'm always sure to pronounce. Um, directed by Ari Astor. Okay. Um, his debut feature, but he's done um, like shorts before. Okay. But just like this film did the um, the witch as well. So if you've seen the witch, it's sort of in the same vein as that. Um, essentially, the plot is it's very convoluted. Try to get the plot down and come through it hard. Essentially, Tony Collette's family are mourning the loss, mourning the loss of the grandma who's passed away. As she passed away, there is a certain supernatural element in the film. Like, as she tried to communicate from the from the, from the grave, and Tony Collette's control dealing with the, the passing of her mother. But also, like, that leaves her as sort of the family, the, the main of the family, and trying to raise her children at the same time. And, and there's also sort of a lot of darkness amongst the family in general. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to describe what's going on without ruining the film. Okay. Um, but there's, there's certainly supernatural elements in, in play. There's a certain there's a loss in play as well, and it's like you try to deal with this family going to develop over the next two hours. Um, it is creepy as hell. It's really dark, atmospheric throughout, and the thriller horror elements of it really do work quite well. Because all the cast are committed. Like, like Tony Clegg gives an insane performance in this film. You go like, like to the point you feel kind of jarred and taken back. Like you always have to like sort of sit back. You're like, oh my god, it did this. It just turns on a dime to this like randomly. You're like, holy shit, I did not see that coming from anywhere. And there's moments in this film as well where it's sort of like random shams. You're like, holy fuck, I did not see that happen at all. Like, based on what the trailer is, and it's something like, you're like, that is insane, I did not see that coming at all. Um, but. Because the trailer doesn't paint that in a good picture. It looks like just a very kind of generic uh, kind of modern horror. Uh, yeah, very much like a modern horror. And I think that's what the modern horror is right now. It's people who don't really particularly like horror doing a horror film because it's cheap and you can do it on, on the fly essentially yeah, yeah. Um, it is to the degree it's almost art house at times it gets to that point where it's very slow lingering it's a good two hours and ten minutes long so it, it is a it's, it's long for horror yeah it wanders for a while and it does and that's made quite a problem there's a lot of really weird elements in it sort of it's got very art house elements that for me just didn't work I didn't I, I, I lost my interest in it at that point um, the final 20 minutes I'm like, I'm just like, I have, fuck, I've lost interest in what you're doing right now, and, and because of the whole conclusion of the film, I just didn't really care towards it. I'm just like, going, I'm not really that bored with what's happening here, and I really, also, I didn't really understand what was happening, and that's, I think, actually, was quite an intelligent guy when it comes to the film. I can normally see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I just, I didn't know or, or understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, as long as I compare it to someone, something, maybe say, uh, the witch is quite close. The Babadook is pretty close to it as well. Um, it follows Poltergeist. Even something called Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is not a horror film, but it's sort of the same idea of like this this prevailing tension in a film that, that, that it's, you know, from the moment it starts, it's always there. 
and you kind of go like you know something's messed up you know something's got a spark somewhere and how that unfolds what you see what it is is at times really jarring and really sort of does it grabs you but there's just too much stuff in there as well that's sort of just I, I, I felt in my hand the one that I lost interest in yeah yeah maybe that's a, there you go it's that it's that it's uh, it's let itself down by trying to be a bit more kind of lean towards the art house and possibly yeah you know rather than just being almost like a kind of straight cut horror you know but there's not a lot I don't of need I don't need about. I don't need straight horror you know I don't need, I don't need I, I, like the witch is not a straight horror neither is um, the Babadook now as it follows but you need to have maybe a better sort of train of where you're going yes and this felt like we were throwing tracks down as it was going not really knowing where it was going to end yep, yep. eventually got to an end and they're going like yeah that'll do whereas when I watch like the one, when you rewatch the witch you rewatch like uh, the Babadook and it follows you can see they've got, they know they're going with that film they've got a point to that film they know they know they're trying to hit yeah yeah and they're moving towards that all the time this one is not moving towards it I feel like it, it meandered too much ah ok but still for what it is for, for the creepy atmospheric weirdness throughout it, um, it it's worth a watch um, in the film you've got Tony Collette Gabriel Byrne um, and Dowd from um, The Leftovers um, Alex Wolfe plays the son and you've got Millie Shapiro who plays the daughter who is creepy as shit and little kids are creepy yeah, yeah. especially yeah. in the horror movie environment they always are very yeah. creepy yeah. Um, but yeah so that's that I mean I, I would give it again a 7 out of 10 a really 7 out of 10 week yeah yeah if you like that kind of horror you will enjoy it but or you get something from it it did stay with me like I was thinking about it long after I watched it okay that's well that's good that's what it meant to do when you're trying to piece it all together kind of people to understand bits but also just, just a general unease about yeah. it and it gets because there's some names like hereditary yes you start wondering like how much the sins how much is your character based on who you're your, yeah. your dreams are made up of you know yeah. if you've got a demon in your past your, your, your grandfather your father's past will that hit you eventually you know, especially if you suffer from any sort of mental illness or, yeah, yeah. or if they suffer from mental illness or if they've, they've had a problem in the past with you know, alcoholism or drug addiction or something like that if that's there yeah. then you could have thinking going like, well, is that gene in me is this am I predisposed mm-hmm. to having that sort of character and it kind of gets to the kind of heart of that a little bit you know? okay. um, so definitely worth a watch um, but maybe one for the you know, real horror fans opposed to your, your casual oh, fans I'll let Stacey watch it. Yeah, let's just watch it. She'll uh, is that behind a behind a cushion. Yes. <laughs> um, she might enjoy it more. Um, I, I, I actually did. I, I dug it at times, but overall, so I've let it down a little bit. Okay. Um, do you want to address the elf in the room of what you tweeted earlier on today to me? Uh, yes, <laughs> one of the one of the Australian fans. As you know, Paddington is a, a mascot of this podcast. Pretty much. Yeah, we love Paddington in every a, way. It's like yeah. not. Well, there we go. Just mentioned that again. Yeah. <laughs> He's mentioned on every show. We love Paddington. Yeah. Uh, one of the Australian fans. Well, it was Australia versus Peru. Peru. Where Paddington's from. Yes. And one of the Australian fans was caught on camera holding up a giant uh, a football scarf that said. Fuck Paddington not happy with at all. <laughs> this is not, I mean, there's things you should not have. Mothers and Paddington should be left out of all arguments. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch, it's just, I was not happy about it, Brad. Uh, it seemed rather random. Because who, like, who dislikes Paddington? And also for like, a football crowd as well. 
of the Peru, of the I don't think Peru, Peru know the Paris. I think Paris is very British thing. I know, I know. Yeah. That's why I was like, that's why I was sitting there like, huh, this is getting quite weird. Like, are the, are the Peru fans even going to cater? I understand that, that, understand yeah. that reference, yeah, 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 I thought that as well. But the fact that it's your favourite country slagging your favourite beer. I know, I, I'm very hurtful. <laughs> I know, I am now, I'm glad I threw her out. Yep. I'm now happy at that now. Yes. That, that one fan ruined my world cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go. I, I feel bad for him. People, a lot of people are up there at Germany going out. No, I'm now. I'm unhappy at the shooting fine for a listing Paddington. And for that, I will fuck Blinky Bill. Yes. I can't, I can't catch Skippy. Skippy's far too quick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be nice to Paddington. Yeah. He's done nothing wrong. He's a, he's a beautiful bear who just loves. That's all he is. He's Let done, him have love. He's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> Out next week, uh, we've yeah. got um, Sicario 2, Soldado. This looks quite interesting. This looks very intriguing, doesn't yeah. it? I'm, I'm actually going to look forward to this I'm, one. Okay. I'm quite interested to see where it goes. Love the first one. Yep. Um, him as an actor, he can be hit or miss for me sometimes. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. He's something I, can, I don't understand what he's saying a lot of the time. Um, but he always, he's a bit like Nick Cage, he makes decisions and he, he sticks to them, so always intrigued by that one. Um, so look forward to that one. You've got Adrift. We saw the Lost at Sea kind of one. This is the couple on the boat. Yes, yeah. couple of boat, Lost at Sea. He gets injured. She's got his pilot the boat back. This is this is an actual like a genuine true story. If I'm, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Most of these things are based on true it, stories. And it is like, if I remember rightly, I might be getting mixed up with another one. But if it is this one, this couple in real life genuinely set off with not a lot of sailing no, experience. Yeah, yeah. And then they ended up getting into difficulties, which, to be honest, even in the most calmest of waters, would have got themselves into difficulties. I mean, I, I do think you do get hit by the biggest storm in the Pacific history as well, which does not, not help. No, that does not help. It, it makes a good movie. It makes a good movie, yeah. <laughs> um, also, the comedy tag. This this movie intrigues me. Right. right. On paper and on trailer, this movie looks shit. Yeah. But there is something about that trailer that every time you see it, you're like, I'm in, a, I'm in an extra step here. Aye, the, yeah. the idea of, like, of a 30-year game of tag yes. sounds funny to me. And I'm yeah. going to go, I, I know guys who would be totally in for that. So I'm intrigued. The guy who in it as well would be interesting. I think he's yeah. got... Um, it's the hangover crew. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, with Jeremy Renner as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a decent cast behind it. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm thinking of a, I can, it could be a standard maybe comedy movie it'll be, it'll be like a, a good 6 out of 10 um, but I'm intrigued by it a little bit um, there's also something called Patrick which is like, it's like a, a British sort of family kiddie pop and dog story I think those are okay. I don't know about that no I don't really know about it I just thought it was on I don't think I'll be able to see it I don't think I want to see it to be honest but it's there okay you know people have got a family going to get kids to go and see the film some holidays some holidays you've seen Infinity War Jurassic World and everything yeah. else that's out then by all means go and see that one yeah, yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it Barry what tells about fine people next, um, next week or find it anytime okay uh, all over uh, uh, social medias it's at Three beers in a movie. Yep. And if you want to email Colin, it's uh, three beers in a movie at gmail.com. Yep. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. I think that's it. All wow. at three beers in a movie. Twitter as well. Yep. At three beers in a movie. Yep. Yeah. Okay, for now, I've been Richard Laird. You've been Barry Neil. You've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.